Okay, let's start with a prayer. All right, so today, uh, you know, we decided that we'll talk about a couple of interesting topics and learn from each other on how to help teens with uh, karma yoga practices number one. That was the first topic that we said we'll discuss today. And the second topic uh, was uh, understanding a little bit about dharma thanks to the questions and discussions that we had which uh, Ajay, you initiated. And uh, the third one was, if we find the time, the remaining parts of our chapter that we have to complete on karma yoga. That's the broad outline today. So, so who would like to start today? Is Krishnan here? He had also showed interest. Is he on or not as yet? Who? Uh, Kishore, I mean? Yeah, Kishore, sorry. Oh, he's not here. Okay. Oh, he says, I'll join five to seven minutes late. That's what he's written. Okay. We're all confused as to how to get karma yoga to children. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about that, Vintex. I wish I, I wish I could talk about it because, you know, to be very honest with you, you know, uh, I mean, let me be, let me step back for a second. Maybe that's a good start, right? First of all, expecting the children to understand karma yoga and adopt it in their life at this stage in their life, you know, I'm going back to the concept what Ramakrishna Paramahamsa is, Karo Pele Kaho Piche. I don't think that I'm capable of telling them without me doing this myself in my life. So that's the dilemma, that's a mental dilemma that I have, right? So when I was their age, let's say 17 or 18 or 20, now my daughter is 20, I don't think I have followed Karma Yoga practice. So my question is, you know, yes, I have not been able to do that at that point of time. Does it, does it mean that now with my quote-unquote, better wisdom now, am I not eligible to tell them what it is? Answer is yes, I'm eligible. But the question is, the struggle that I face is, how do I bring that concepts in a way that they can make them understand? I struggle with it, even today. I, I have a very different view on this. I feel that, you know, when you talk to them formally about what karma yoga is, when they're young, that young, if you're talking specific to teens, I just feel it will be so much of OHD because they haven't seen the world. They haven't experienced the experiences. So, you know, like we say that there's a time and place for everything. I feel there's a time and place for them to understand it. So I think the only thing that we can do is maybe be open to discussions, have them read literature, which is not necessarily going to sound preachy and also live by example. So you just, 
model behavior so that they and thoughts and talk that you have and i think that would be a good foundation yeah to them starting their journey in their own way i i that's my point of view because it's a bit like you know when you send them say for religion classes like we all send them say to gita class or bhajan or shloka class chinmaya mission classes or whatever and often there's it's like sending them even to after school activities it becomes a struggle when it doesn't come from within and so i just that that's my point so i would i i was just asking this question to myself that isn't it too late um you you know teach them quote and quote karam yoga because you know kids are more impressionable before they turn teens i mean at least in my experience you know they will listen to you more before they are 12 or 13 when the hormones start acting up so if one hasn't really given them the right uh, value system it sort of is kind of late so that was one question or one you know thought that was uh, going through my head and i think the second thing what anu said that you know kids are very keenly watching how we behave and and to the extent to the extent you know we behave righteously without bringing the whole you know peachy part or the scriptures part i think they'll be okay and and i agree with anu that you know once they get a little older and they have had a few experiences um then perhaps they will be ready to have a so called quote unquote formal education into you know understanding what karam yoga means i mean that's sort of the way i have been thinking about it and just one more quick point um you know personally i have seen a tremendous uh, you know change in my kids because they would spend um every weekend with their grandmother and you know one thing my grandmother or my kids grandmothers my mother in law would make them do is talk about gratitude and you know things they like over that one week and you know that's how they would start their dinner and i think things like that um i think are invaluable because i've seen the impact of that on my kids so, so that, those were the yes. things that were coming to my mind as i thought about this topic yeah so the way um the way i see is that you know uh, the moment we bring in uh, words like you know this is what gita has told this is what upanishads have told and so on at at uh, you know early stage they kind of switch off actually you know so i that is true see that so um, you know i i don't know whether uh, uh, i i think it's a flavor of karma yoga when when like for example uh, when make you know when they attempt something or when they they give an exam or something and uh, let's say you know they have not done uh, you know as much as uh, they don't even meet their expectations you know so the question to i mean the what we uh, ask is that you know so have we, did you put you know i mean are you satisfied with the efforts that you have put in and is it like what you have got is in line with what you have put in and and when you you know instead of discussing that you know the the scores were bad or good you know instead of discussing that and when we you know discuss on 
what is the effort that you put in and what is the uh, what is the you know fall that you got you know when that results you got is many times i found that you know they are reasonable uh, uh, they understand that and uh, you know yeah i didn't put in effort i didn't just think about my do now so much so uh, i did the uh, in that's how i You're on mute. Who are Kishore? You're speaking to. Yeah, yeah. You no, are all, yeah. No, all all really good points, no me? doubt. And, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Ajay. Go ahead. Sorry, so I was just make. Sorry, I was on mute as well. Sorry about that. Um, so I wanted to make a couple of quick points. So one is uh, what I experienced uh, as a child is that there are certain uh, there are certain home truths, if you will, which stick in your mind and uh, you don't appreciate them. when you are when you are younger but you do sort of uh, they do sort of resonate as you grow up uh, progressively not uh, after you kind of start to read the gita or not but just in your life you start to imbibe them so simple things like no karam kare jao phal ki chinta mat karo the simple sort of karma yoga thought is something that i've heard like as a child and you know you know as you kind of you know progress you kind of say okay this all makes sense now what i didn't do, understand at that point to be honest is that it's not as simple as those two words and the way gita has described it is very powerful and i think you know if we had to give the same sort of uh, learning to our children in a slightly more nuanced way not in a preachy way i completely agree with uh, uh, vp and and anu that you know the kids in particularly in today's age and world don't like to be be preached Uh, but you know if if somebody fails it's it's the full cycle of uh, why did you fail what didn't you do well what are the learnings uh, what is in your control or not i mean those are nuances which at least i didn't appreciate for a long time not not forget about as a child but even during my growing up years but you you figure it out over time uh, as you as you as you kind of get more experience so i think teaching children home truths i think is absolutely a good idea uh think like you know we are we are we're not the body we're not the i think uh, rajan had said you know this whole sort of you know home truth that we're not the body we're not the mind we're the we're something else right so that's something which you know sticks in people's mind or children's mind and then i think as they grow up they can start to relate to it over time so i think imbibing at least some of those things early on number 1 and number 2 you know relating it to their day to day experience as opposed to preaching them i think would help yeah i agree to the last part right relating to their day to day experience really has i also see that you know when i speak to my children i even if i try to bring in the non preachy style you no know, quote unquote quote unquote yeah if i if i am using the non preachy style you think you i think i just Oh, you're losing me. Okay. No, what I'm saying is that uh, even if even if I even if I try to tell something to my children on preachy style, the moment I contextualize it to them, I think it it resonates very well with them. And the struggle that I have big time is how do I contextualize it to them? That's where I think I struggle the most. Maybe you know I can learn something from you guys from your experience. How do you contextualize uh, in terms of 
you know how do you bring in a particular concept in the context of what the children do so just one thing that i wanted to add before kishore maybe uh, starts up. so you know uh, i also uh, feel like i'm consistently doing that like you know like suppose if i say that okay don't forget about uh, don't worry about the results you know have you done your uh, job you know it's okay i mean i'm sure that read and so on so that kind of a thing if i have not been doing consistently and in some days i get uh, you know i do this and some days i get kind of upset with them so that's a you know inconsistent message that goes to them and i have done that in the past and which consciously i try to avoid that uh, but i have done that mistake uh, makes sense uh, consistency is the point one of the points uh, which uh, both satya and vp have touched upon here is that you know is the time right are we in the right age because all our kids are you know teenagers in that sense and then hormones kicking off and they become sort of you know rebellious in many ways which we all have you know experienced so uh, it uh, it uh, as uh, rajesh vp vp pointed out that it has to be you know started at a very young age and we have to be you know lucky uh, if our kids are in the company of elders uh, who can you know very easily based on their experiences teach the kids so uh, what guntax said is if there is some of uh, any of your own experiences if you could you know uh, imbibe some such culture in your child uh, maybe i can touch upon it in a brief way uh i see my kid my my elder daughter you know whenever she used to give an exam and come with uh, if it's the results were really good let's say you know 20 on 20 at her age you know we used to be happy she used to be happy and uh, when the marks are not all that good i sort of never uh, scolded her for anything never asked her anything i just uh, she would come and look at me and you know expect me to say something so the only thing i used to say is was your effort good enough so to make her understand more i would you know say and i started emphasizing that point i'll never be bothered i used to you know emphasize never be bothered about your mark always want to see that whether you are putting effort are you going casually for the exam because she is a child you know every child is different she would uh, she does not uh, put in effort even even before the day of boards you know she was cooking the evening before that was that is her stress buster she says so i used to always i used to be watchful that at least the effort part is going because if the effort is good enough the results are going to come i used to maintain that and uh, sometimes i have in between all this when i was following i have failed also because it was not working but towards the end i saw that you know it started bearing the fruits i mean it started giving the results yeah just to add to that rajan i i quite like that sort of uh, example uh, it's about sort of uh, internalizing for the child uh, so so if you tell the child something they would kind of not want to so they don't like to listen right uh, but if you ask them to ask themselves a question right uh, then they become sort of 
more accountable to it so in in your example rajan you know if the child asks himself i mean rather than kind of say if you don't study you will not get marks if you ask a question why do you think you did not get the right marks or whatever right or the right outcome uh, yeah so i think that sort of then makes the child think themselves as opposed to you know coming from like top down which is kind of very uh, repulsive for a lot of the most of the teenagers sorry you know one more thing i want to add so and my wife is better than me in this aspect that you know when something good happened like you know suppose you know in the rajan's example when she comes back with the 20 on a 20 you know then as well as you know she doesn't score well you know in both the cases my wife is more for example like, you. you know more uh, you know the reaction to uh, the results uh, used to be you know uh, almost at the same level actually you know so not getting too excited about either of uh, the great results or not so great i think that that is another thing uh, that kind of like yeah you know i i think all really really good points uh i, I know i have a my older one is my older son is 16 uh sometimes I have conversations with him and i i think i mentioned this to radesh once it, it needs to be contextualized right i mean there is there is no doubt i mean he often makes fun of me saying dad if you get into this subject we are out for 3 hours so uh please beware and he would just joke with others as well so it's like um, and i just smile it off right i mean it's, uh, it's yeah but at the same time uh, uh once I, i think it just so happened that he was watching star wars and uh, uh, there was yoda and they were talking about all these powers and life force and they were using sanskrit words and what not in the movie and i told him hey see i told you this is uh, yoda is based on yoga and uh, you didn't believe me right and, and then i started then that curiosity started what do you, what did you mean by that and then it just went on right i remember that day we had a three hour conversation because they were very uh, older one was very very interested to understand what exactly uh, is that even possible what kind of power are we talking about and so on right anyway so that uh, you know it needs to come from them they need to be able to relate to it in some way uh, uh and the, the other thing is uh, definitely um I, I, the you know we cannot expect anything great i mean like somebody to just completely just click on this right but the best i think we can expect is plant a seed and at yeah. some point the seed will sprout um uh, so and uh, i think the best way i've seen is to um and, and not by preaching but by acting i mean by doing it ourselves right so by being in the house and seeing that you know the dad or the mom are doing these things or both are doing these things so i think that rubs on them in i mean that, that is in a way planting a seed right so if, if you know if um if i wake up in the morning and they know that i'm meditating they didn't know if they didn't know what meditation was uh, earlier and now they know what meditation is and that you know uh, this is what do during this time you know can do yoga in the evening or something uh, i make sure that i uh, especially when i'm doing yoga i make sure that I, they are it's visible to them so you know they i do it around them so it's like okay i'm not asking you to do it 
but hopefully uh, by just observing me you kind of see that oh this is what it means right so later on um, it can come through so my uh, so that is the planting seed approach that I'm using I, it may work may not work but you know that nothing else can be done is what uh, I feel um, but in terms of context there's one more example which is my son plays tennis and so you know competitively so before matches or, or when you fail in matches or you know you go there you played hard and you didn't win obviously you feel bad and you come back and then we we talk at that time you know we go through the same kind of conversations it's like um uh, similar to what everyone expressed here uh, it's like hey there's just way too many things i mean there's only so much you can do then there are many other factors uh, surrounding uh, that outcome so let's uh, let's not feel bad about it right you did what you could right so that kind of stuff that's pretty much what i i yeah that, that's what i wanted to say but uh, but kishore would that uh, would that would that uh, give you a worry that maybe they'll they'll slack off the next time around there is always that uh, it's not worry as much as the fact that hey am i not pushing i mean i don't push them at all i mean it's like like literally zero push literally zero right i mean in uh, even in in terms of school work it's like i hope you know that you need to do your work right it's pretty much that right it's a reminder it's like even now these days there's so much time there is uh, hardly any work from school and and so on um i just find them hey you're not going to get this kind of time ever in your life so do you want to remember this time how do you want to remember this time or uh, as having done something learned something new uh, it could be anything you want to do right so can you think of something that you would want to learn during these times anything at all yeah. not related maybe yeah. related to school maybe not related to school so what can that be yeah, right? yeah. that's a good point i mean one question that i often ask my kids uh, you know there's a learning loop is a big one right because without learning you kind of you get into the slackness mode right uh, but one question that i i often ask my children rather than say what did you learn from it i would often ask them to reflect and say what could you do differently uh, which is a kind of a strand of learning but in a way sort of it is again trying to make them think rather than yeah reflection as opposed to as right. opposed to things you know okay what here are the learnings that talk about you know you can do abc kind of things right yeah that's a good good point yeah um yeah see yeah at the macro level if you think about it uh you know we prepare them academically uh, quite quite well right you know all all these classes school everything prepares them academically but then off they go and they're on their own there's there's no framework no uh, no safety net or framework at the mental level or the emotional level right when they're uh, especially when they're off to college or even after that so what is that framework that we can provide i i believe that is the, the learnings that we are talking about what we are learning though that is the framework right because you're going to see different situations uh for each situation you cannot apply or come up with a new new strategy for each of these things we're going to get uh, as rajesh has pointed out in his book i think uh, that's one of the topics in the book we cannot keep inventing new ways of dealing with different situations that we come across them but is there a standard framework that we can use and what is that standard framework can we provide a little bit of that as as a um uh, uh as a seed that we can plant 
that's that's yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Anupama. I think we have um, Alpana and Sonali who still not even said a word. That's fine. So maybe I'm well, sure they will unmute themselves when something triggers that. We'll go ahead. Okay. My things about that point, Kishore, is about a framework. Is you, you know, when you talk about things that would have happened. I mean, all of us who go through it when the children are teenagers and they have a set of friends who have a different set of, uh, uh, say, a value, so to say, sure. in their home. and so it maybe it comes out to going out maybe it comes out to what they do with their lives or anything or what happens in each home or how discussion tone of voice talking whatever um the thing that i think is a in a sense a framework but not really calling it that is just saying yes that's acceptable in their home but in our home that's not what we do so they also realize right from the start that there are two different fields of ways of thinking there are two different ways of behaving expectations um and not saying what the end result will be because who am i to judge whether what your methodology is right you say a sense of parenting say that's how i parent versus that's how you parent and they quickly learn that you know it's okay to have another um uh, thought process to have another viewpoint and yes and it it actually leads to more peace if at home you're doing this and not peace as in to maintain peace but actually to also live with yourself so the question to ask would be if you did something would you be able to talk about it yourself that you can narrate it and be proud of narrating it so say you want to go out and you want to do underage activities would you be able to come back and talk to me don't do anything that you can't tell me about don't do anything that you can't live with recalling and so automatically a lot of it kind of gets ironed out because children inherently are good they just want to do things that is so called what they have perceived or understood to be right and even if you haven't explained it to them as to this is right and this is wrong they, they somehow they can they know what is right it's like telling a child to walk over glass you know that yeah. you know there's that you know it's risky they won't do it Yeah. and it's this, it they just know so i think the questions are say you go out and it's it's like when we sent your child off say to college yes it's underage drink you know 18 is drinking in one country i'm just bringing an example that's more relatable to them because that's what we argue about most of the time right when they are at that age drinking or go staying out for parties or doing things that you just do in the josh of things with everybody around you all of us have been yes. there at that yeah. time and so is it that you can come back and tell me so you do whatever you want i don't want to hear about it from someone else so if you can come home and tell us about it have an open yeah. discussion about it yeah. then fine and can you also uh recall and retell it without having an iota of regret yeah sometimes at that point it Wait. seems like asking a lot from them but i think they will iron it out i mean and that, i do believe that children are they just have huge potential and not wanting them to excel and reach that maximum in every aspect nobody is perfect and i think that's what we need to remember too a lot of the times we shouldn't expect them to be like perfect in everything like perfect human beings perfect academics perfect you know thinkers we need to also not live our dreams through them yeah true very true mm, that's true 
You know that uh, I don't know how many of you have read Lovely The Prophet one. by um, Khalil Gibran. Okay. Um yeah in that there's this beautiful thing about you know tell us about children and it does actually tell you that you know they are just they aren't us we can yes. only be the foundation from which like you know we are the bows they are the arrows chukya true as he shows that na they are only born through us yeah I think that that uh, statement stuck uh, with me. Uh, this is from Mr. Mohan Singh. Yeah, they're yeah. born to us, yeah. not to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such yeah. beautiful points, and I think I can relate to quite a few of them. You know, in how we try to bring up our kids. Um, I think one thing from my own experience, uh, which helps is planting the seed. Um, very early on, we had Gita Ramayana in school. and somewhere that that shloka on karmanye vadikaraste and the sthit pragya was stuck in my mind and that curiosity somewhere you know went into it more deeply or wanted to be like that so the so one thing is yes planting seeds um but how to do it is the bigger question you know the moment you mention gita or anything but i still feel i do tell them this is what gita is at some point in time in your life you should go and read it once because it is still yeah. very relevant in this era i find it you will find it too um but this is somewhere which is a good resource you can tap it i did force them to attend so we have a you know a community gita parivar here and they run these crash courses on gita over 3 days and they go through the entire 18 chapters so this was during one long weekend and i actually did force my kids to attend it and i said just do it for me i don't ask for too many things but this one just do it and they attended they were thoroughly bored but you know what they got from all the other parents because there weren't many kids somewhere they felt oh wow <laughs> had to sit there and so many people were so uh they applauded them to just sit there and go through it i think something things did get registered a little bit so that was the second point that you know even though we don't want to be in the preachy mode but sometimes we have to say this is what geeta says so that it's a resource it's an authoritative resource which they can refer back to in life but yeah. if forcing them to do it is slightly different and then interestingly you know just a couple of days ago because of this or online resourcing and they're having exam and you know there are a lot of ways to cheat right so you know we've been having that discussion oh chinese will be simple i can just use my google translate and i can max it so I think uh, I didn't want to bring it down immediately as well because then you sound cheap but in one discussion then I said you know at some point in life it will come and haunt haunt you that just for few marks you did this cheating what does that change you know even if you get a grade below or above so I think a lot of you have uh, uh shared that emphasizing on the effort and also how you did any task i think that's what i have always highlighted to them 
not just getting the task done but how you are doing it right. is very very important in life because you will remember those things you know and you yeah. will go back to them and then yeah. one more thing yeah. we have followed is we said the effort you put in now to get good grades or do well will help you early on otherwise also there is it's not end of life you will have to work harder if you go to a, you know you you still pass with 50% marks and you know you come out you will have to struggle when when there is competition and people come to hire you will have to struggle maybe you will have to start very low it's not a bad thing but you will have to put in the effort so the earlier you put in the effort you the benefits are much higher you're not trying to say that you know sometimes you do a lot of effort and still you don't get results but that effort is never wasted because one you get to hard life um so there are a few things which i think we've highlighted on the way um that it's up to you you want to put in effort now or later you will have to put in effort to you know when when the needs are there you will have to put in the effort there maybe you put in now you will have a slightly better head start that's all so it's a, so it's a yeah combination of things which we've tried though you know from my experience i do keep reiterating geeta it pushes them back uh i think they've learned to live with it now <laughs> but one, one, one other thing one other thing i i noticed uh, uh which is which is liberating for me personally was uh in the past i used to be a little hesitant to talk about my failures you know i'm a sales guy and my hit rate is like you know 1 in 10 or 1 in 15 so i've actually got 14 failures or maybe 10 failures for every one success that i get and in the past i used to find it a little uncomfortable to talk about where i failed partly because maybe you know i thought the kid my kids would be disappointed or my family would be disappointed and all that but as my kids became a little older it became more open for me to admit my failures much more easily and the way that i admit it now is like let's say i didn't win the deal i say yeah i didn't win the deal i didn't i did a lousy job at convincing the customer or my competition did a better job maybe i need to do these things a little better at i'll really talk through you know narrate that as a quote and quote case study so that number one it's a reinforcement to me to change my own attitude towards that thing but at the same time i'm just praying that some message goes across to them that okay you know failures are acceptable right as long as you are doing it in the right way and learning from it um how did your kids uh, i mean your letter was beautiful um at least for folks uh, reading so what was the reaction from your son i was very curious about that because this whole conversation uh, was triggered from that letter yeah so my my son uh, to be very honest with you i tried really hard uh, to contextualize it and when when i you know when kishore and i reviewed this letter you know after i had last year i met kishore one of the first things that we talked about was this topic and i shared this letter with him his question was why you didn't talk about let's say two or three more things that he asked me but the point was like you know uh, for me contextualizing was important so what i did was i picked two or three things that really uh he could understand it right so one was you know what we did in that uh, ramakrishna ashram thing another thing was the things that he did for uh, this this old age people and the third thing was 
his cricket which is what he used to do i try to put that in the context of you know rather than give him gyan i try to put it in that context and that kind of seemed to work well but at the same time you know yes two days back he turned 70 i gave him a letter i'm actually sitting on his table here the letter is still here i said did you read it okay he said i he said yes i read it yeah, but it's not applicable to me i said okay that's fine so that's how it is so one hit one miss so that's fine so uh i did go ahead i'm sorry so i just had a follow quick follow up question so he did like the letter the first one that you shared with him he enjoyed reading it and you felt that he get, he's getting something out of it yes okay. i don't i i wouldn't use all those adjectives i i don't think he enjoyed reading that that i don't know okay <laughs> uh did he get something out of it i don't know but did he read it answer is yes okay uh did it did something click in him my chances are uh, my understanding is chances are it is yes and that okay. is what i was expecting i was not expecting anything beyond that and and, and just just to add to that i mean i kind of uh, to me you write uh, i mean i've written letters to my daughter somewhat preachy unfortunately uh but uh, you know and again i'm relating it to sort of how we've all sort of experienced life my hope and prayer is that and I, i genuinely believe that that will come true which is i think at some point uh you know they will reread the letter few years down the line perhaps uh and be able to relate to it so it may not it is not necessary that they kind of get everything today but as long as you kind of have that sort of in their head and as they experience life they can relate to it and and and, and sort of appreciate it better that's probably worth the effort so my my i have one more question so did you guys like as we were growing up did you guys get similar letters from your parents and you know if you go back in time no. um did you no. how do you think about no. those no i'll tell you my my biggest learning when i look back you know at this age now i think the things that what my parents taught me without teaching me by their own doing okay. those are the things yeah. that stuck in me today so to going back to anu's point i think it was anu or someone i don't remember who mentioned it i think we have to we have to change ourselves so that you know the kids can learn that that's my learning unfortunately or fortunately which means it's a lot of work today my wife was saying you know i do not know how many years i'm going to chant this vishnu sasranama and get the change in me therefore i can see the change in you guys it's like a long journey i said yes that's what we have to do we have to do yeah <laughs> no but i i i really i relate one sort of uh, interesting sort of uh, experience that i had so like you said you obviously learn by 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 sort of watching others do things or elders do things uh, but you also kind of there are things that you know you are told uh, not necessarily in a formal sort of letter form but you're just told so i'll give you an example so when i was i used to live in chennai in those days so when i was leaving for bit uh, back in 1987 uh, my father uh, said something to me at the railway station which stuck with me uh, so he said to me he said uh, you know when somebody asks you to do something uh, never say no uh, try uh, before you say no something very simple as that right and and that's kind of stuck with me it just stayed with me and i it became sort of a sort of something that i i tried to imbibe over time so i mean a lot of these things when they're said they mean they may not mean much but as you kind of experience life uh, you kind of say okay this 
this is kind of a good way to approach it so there are there are several such incidents i'm sure many of and most of us would have would have kind of uh, had had those kind of uh, learnings which later become so much more relevant i tell my kids i said look you will not appreciate some of these things today it's fine but at some point you will you will you will it'll be useful for you that's a good one any more thoughts on this topic um yeah just a couple of more points i should say uh, like i yesterday for instance i was uh, gone on a bike ride with my son my older son and then you know we went on a long bike ride almost 3 4 hours or whatever so we had a long time to discuss and he brought up uh, he was just talking about his friends and what's happening they listen to some certain type of music and apparently in the music industry here um, amongst rap artists um, there were at least four or five suicides in the last two or three years and all of them oh. less than 25 years old right um, and they all taken off and then either they OD'd on drugs or something else happened and, and one thing led to the other whatever so he was talking about that uh, so I was asking him what is it why why is your your generation um doing this right what is what do you think went wrong in i was asking him as a question what do you think went wrong i mean he struggled to, these people struggled to come to where they are they got the money they got the fame and everything and after that why would something like this happen and anyway so it triggered a series of conversations around uh the context which is which is where i was trying to go after saying Hey, now do you realize that there's something more to it than just blindly you know following something is there that, that there is something for you to introspect there why these things happen uh and take a look at it from that angle i i wasn't again telling him anything but i was trying to spur that thought just to see if he's uh he's going to ask me any further questions beyond that right the other so related to that uh the I I I do see that in the coming in the coming years there's going to be a lot more even this is outside of my kids kind of thing right but in the generation I think there's go, um yeah, they're going to be stressed out anxious depressed this is going to be very very big in the coming years right and you can see this happening already um apparently I, I was reading and close to 50% of of the high school students especially in the last two years of high school are close to yeah clinically depressed right so and this is 50% this is like really really high um and it's only going to get worse with like social media the peer pressure so many other things um so i think they are also struggling and and we are continuously providing only the academic side right we're providing all the inputs on the academic side where is the emotional intelligence side I think they're struggling there to figure out what is that what is that side to me that's very important because if that is not stable academics doesn't actually matter after a half a while because if if uh, if the emotional intelligence side is not stable if they are not feeling um, that self esteem or the confidence or the or the motivation and generally feeling happy uh, about life I I don't think it matters whether they know they've got into you know and i really got something else it doesn't matter because none of that is going to be helpful in any way if they are not feeling happy within themselves 
So what is it that we can do as a, that's what I'm struggling with. I'm trying to see, I'm in fact, I'm writing the article precisely with that reason of, can I find something in, it's a discovery process. Does something click? Some concept, does it click? Uh, is there a concept that, that will context that will click uh, with this younger generation where it, it doesn't come at it from, hey, you want to learn Gita, right? Or spirituality, or these are very big topics that will scare most people our age. Definitely, it'll, you know, it's not going to go well uh, with anybody below that age. So trying to come at it from a bottoms up uh, uh, angle and see, is there something that's sticking with you? And then can I relate it? in some way. Makes sense, completely. Absolutely. To add, to add to what Shosh was saying, in the last two years of high school, you know, at that time, I think it is very important for parents also to talk to the students. Like, you know, I mean, the children undergo a lot of struggle within themselves to meet their parents' expectations or their own expectations. But to make the so, but it's very important for I think parents to make the children realize how realistic or I mean it's okay you know even if you don't achieve what you want to achieve mm-hmm. you know so I mean to be more realistic just like what the Gita says you know just do the work in the plus two years and let the end result you know be there when it comes I mean I mean okay you are targeting Ivy League but it's okay even if you don't get it and to have that, you know, conversation of yeah. that, you know, acceptance yeah. by between the children and the parent, I think that is very important so that they didn't, themselves, you know, within themselves, they don't feel as a struggle or a guilt that I did not meet my own expectation or I did not meet my parents' expectation. And your own expectation come to some extent what your parents expect, you know, they're kind of related. Your parents might be thinking, oh, my son is very good, very brilliant. So they themselves say, oh, I'm good, I'm brilliant, so I, I, you know, I must go to the, this and that college or school. So, you know, so it's kind of interlinked. So it's very important to have a dialogue and just put in your effort and we'll see wherever it takes you. Having a, you know, constant dialogue between the child and the parent is very, I think, important uh, to yes. see how the child is feeling and you know what struggles they are going through uh, and basically talking is important I think. Agreed. Um, you know I'll, I'll just say one more thing. Uh, uh, so one thing I've told, I, I keep telling my son too is the only, um, uh, the, the key thing for me is are you feeling happy from inside, right? Uh, I keep telling him that's the only expectation, basically, not even expectation. That's that's what I want you to uh, internally. That's what I want you to be. I want you to feel happy because I think that encapsulates a lot of things. Because they um, they start to feel uh, confident. They feel safe talking about stuff. Um, they they not they don't have regrets. There's so many other things that encompasses what eventually becomes happiness. So if that is being met. Um, you know, other things, academics and other things, to me, actually become secondary. And I keep telling him that, saying, do what you can. But, but you know, I'm constantly looking for signals of uh, anything that's not going well from the happiness side. And that's, to me, the only signal I look for. Um, the other things, you know, it's, it's up to you. It's your life. If you feel you don't want to, as Alpana said, 
you're not going to struggle now you're going to struggle later but that's uh, that's your choice that you're going to make i'll tell you but it's up to you right but on the happiness yeah. side i just feel that if that is not there then there must be something that must be fixed Okay, right. So, so I one more point to this to what Sonali was saying that the struggle that I had was to face the expectations that I had from kids. I think we did mention that but I think that was a bigger struggle to accept that you know things are okay and what helped me was to look around you know people who didn't do that well during studies time they're doing pretty well you know so that sort of gave some comfort feeling but i did struggle with it for some time sometimes not from my own expectation but the expectations that probably i thought in laws had or the society had or the friends had and that i had to be that parent raising a kid who's perfect from so own acceptance probably took more time than you know and and it reflects for doing with your kids if you do not accept it somewhere even though you may be saying that it's okay it's okay but if you have that expectation that genuineness doesn't come it comes it while yeah. you need to accept that it is actually fine so another yeah. thing it's actually hard to do <laughs> you know correct so dealing with your own emotions is probably you know a, a big step in this journey as well yeah very good point yeah. i agree with you i agree with you and just i think one, just okay one question no, no. for sorry um, no no carry on you know kishore when you're talking about their return of happiness um you know how do you how do you figure out their actually happiness and it's the same happiness that you and i have talking about in these sessions and what i mean by that is yeah you know a teenager kid is very happy um talking to his friends watching netflix all the time and gaming or whatever not right not studies right so that's their happiness now how do you how do you go from that happiness to saying that are you internally and they obviously would know at some level that they are not doing the right thing but if you ask them that are you happy with all these things they say yeah sure i'm happy you know ஒரிஸ் right i mean i i would say to them you know if they it's more around it's not about asking them are you happy but it's more around do you see me you you have been watching them very closely uh, so do you see a perceived difference are they smiling enough are they are they uh, enthusiastic do you see something different right that causes the red flag uh, to go up right so it's more around that then uh, and uh, you know are they able to talk to you uh, let's say they do talk to you um, regularly and if that is cutting off for whatever reason you know th- there are some signs obviously each child is different the, the relationship is different no doubt but i'm just saying is there a a big difference that causes some kind of a concern in you 
that hey maybe there is something wrong right i mean that's that's how i'm looking at it it's it's more of that than uh, obviously you're right i mean they seem to be at least happy and ecstatic when they are with when they're doing certain things but um it is in, in those other times when they're not doing all of all of that are they in general on top of things not forgetting things or uh, or doing things that yeah uh, is there anything that raises red flags i noticed when they're 17 and 18 they'll be very irritated you have to just get through through that time because i noticed that with my daughter and she's getting better and my son is now getting better <laughs> they're just so anxious as we rightly said you know they're anxious they're stressed they're irritated all the time and you still have to you know somehow gauge whether there's a very deep rooted inherent sadness or it is because yeah because they game too much there's a lot of work pressure which they need to deal with build up yeah. yeah anxiety that's probably you know then they need to deal with the time management skills etc which is still okay but yeah whether inherently you know there's the depression you can see that in the, in the yeah. sparkle in the eye in the you know especially in kids you can you can sense it it's not uh, they may not say it they may not in a verbose way but you can sense it but at 17 and 18 it is actually it gets harder <laughs> you know that's the that's the extra sensory uh, perception what the parents are expected to have right yeah yeah another all our kids are you know in the age group uh, of let's say there are teenagers and around around about so i i, I had a case uh, where my friend uh, had you know senior to me and uh, his kid is you know slightly elder to our kid and he happens to be in a stage where you know he is not all that successful in life he could not complete his graduation properly he attempted uh, you know quite a few things he first attempted law then you know started off with civil engineering based out of canada okay so i mean and now he's by he's uh, actually 29 and then uh, and we all know that you know he has not achieved much in life and then he called me up and you know asked uh, how to handle this there is there something you can say at this stage you know all this karma yoga you should work hard and achieve your goals there was nothing i, I could think of at that point in time I mean. so i had a conversation with him and you know the way i handled the situation was that uh, uh, listen boss i mean the only uh, and he he slightly you know dejected i could see and Uh, not given up in that sense because you can't make out in one or two conversations like that but the only thing i could say at that point in time was that you know uh, never give up on your dream you know keep dreaming keep dreaming that something good is going to happen to you and believe in miracles so these are the only two things which i could say at that point in time and This is what you know. Paulo Coelho also says. I mean, have dreams and think that something is going to good is going to happen to you in life. And uh, you know, the kids in this age, this era, uh, as somebody in the main group, you know, had 
for a very nice article are not going to earn as much as we do you know not going to be as successful as we were in our time and it's going to be a job at our hands to handle this all this so in order to you know keep them at peace and uh, these are the only two suggestions uh, you know going forward i have for anybody who might face or if god forbid i also have to face this i'll continue to tell them that you know never give up give up on a, this thing that something good is going to happen to you and always believe in miracles you know? and nobody can say in this world that you know he followed a path decided on a method and achieved and and you know he cannot say that nobody came and helped them or something which they were never thinking just happened because it was just time and you know it was god's will so let me see uh, whether this works for him this friend of mine okay i think uh, we've covered quite a bit and i have noted down a few things you know i don't know if i'm going to summarize this today because it's going to get tough but maybe let's try it i i i'm just kind of in the summarizing what we learned it's tough to preach kids learn by watching parents uh talk without reference to scriptures get them to understand simple concepts like gratitude right associate them with elderly people like grandparents uh, uh relating to their context is important uh we have not been consistent in our messaging as parents okay emphasize on efforts making sure that they are not approaching the exams or things that matter to them with less efforts okay encourage questioning rather than ask the question uh uh why did you what did you learn ask the question what what could you have done differently okay uh then plant the seed do not expect results immediately encourage kids to talk about their experiences without regrets effort is never wasted make sure that the kids understand okay talk about our failures openly and what we learn schools provide only academic input but the emotional side input is not provided we got to look for those signals to find how kids are happy they have that self esteem then have a dialogue and share expectations accept the results together with them whatever results that come out of it and the biggest struggle is, is to moderate our own expectations as parents towards our kids own acceptance will take more time and uh, it's it's that's something that we need to practice so these are the few things that i noted down i'm sure i've missed quite a bit but i'm sure the recording is going to be there for us in case we want to listen to this again okay somebody no more to continue for a few more minutes to talk about the dharma path okay i take that as a yes except rajan do be good now for today yeah so uh, so here is a thing right and i think uh, yeah, just think topics to that i think one of the most important things that uh, uh, that you know as we talk about uh, you know ajay t- triggered from the discussion what you posted right as to the the, oh. the meaning of the word dharma and the context one of the things that i had been thinking through about this and also i have written one chapter in my book on this is that uh, what exactly is the dharma right there are the multiple angles one of the angles that, that that resonated with me is to understand 
dharma in the context of uh, the intrinsic behavior of something okay for example uh, let's take uh, let's take a, 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 an animal like a lion right the lion's dharma is to be ferocious cobra's dharma is to bite do we agree to that or not because that is its very nature if you take away the cobra's sting or the ability to kill for a lion that lion is no more a lion right and just because of its its very nature which is intrinsic to it we accept it okay likewise a cow we don't we accept it a cow as a cow because not because it is not ferocious but it's because that's its very nature to be you know nice or like you know uh, a creature which 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 requires uh, uh, which is much more deviating and things like that right so so accepting anything as its very nature is very important right so likewise when you when you go to non living things right for example you take water if we complain that water is cold you know or water is liquidy it doesn't make sense right because that's its very nature you know, being liquidy is its very nature who's tapping away now Kishore, I think. Kishore, okay, let me mute him. Okay. So, that's one thing. The other thing is like, you know, similarly, you know, when we talk about fire, okay, we can't complain that fire burns, uh, fire gives me heat, therefore, you know, I don't like fire because that's a very intrinsic nature. Now, the same thing extending it to people, right? You know, if you know that someone's mindset is built in a particular way, for example, if I know Mr. X is in general a greedy person, The question is why are we not able to accept that person the way it is? That's the question that I'm asking, right? When we say that person, maybe he's that person has not changed, or I myself have not changed. Okay, I'm a greedy person, I'm a lazy person, but I have not been able to change today for whatever reasons that I am. The question is why am I not able to accept that this, that is this person's dharma? Till such time that person realizes why can't I accept that? So, so just just a follow-up question on that, Rajesh. Uh, uh, you know, acceptance. I I get it. I mean, you've got to accept things as they are and not let them cloud your perception or thinking or whatever, right? But that is, you know, you you said dharma is some, you know, that person or thing or individual, or whatever, inherent nature, right? or inherent whatever right but being greedy or being angry is that in inherent nature yeah it's not but the point is if you know that it is not inherent to you but you are still being greedy then you can make that change but you know if you expect if you if you recognize that i am greedy but if you expect me to change do you think that is possible that's the point that i'm asking Mm-hmm. so if if i find you if i find you you know doing things which i don't think is a right for you or me to do but if my expectation is that you have to change then the problem is i am putting my expectations on to you which is like like what alpana was saying in the last part of the first conversation right managing our own expectations about somebody else is very very important because you know that person may be on a different journey right maybe at a different stage in their journey maybe farther or ahead 
or behind us or whatever you know which one it doesn't really matter where they are but the question is the real important question is okay is at this stage is it that you know i know that this person is wrong okay he's being greedy and i know being greedy is wrong but can i still accept that person because that seems to be his inherent nature at this point of time oh. you know the usage of the word accept acceptance or accept is uh, the one that i'm not very comfortable with you know the book also talks about you know like for example we talk to a missionary you know uh he will say that you know he is doing his dharma i mean he, he can't hide behind dharma right that that cannot be an acceptable uh you know aspect you know if i if i mentally say that i kill for uh, is, is there is there something else other than acceptance i i understand that i can't change him right i mean i understand that i can't change him. but still will i accept him no i think see what i'm trying to say is see there are two ways of accepting it right assume it was it was the right thing what the other person was doing it's easy for us to accept correct yeah okay my point my point is in our own minds why can't we even accept something which is wrong saying that yes i know what what this guy is doing is wrong okay but i still accept it because at this point of time i don't have a choice i can't change that person Okay, um, another way is, I think Anu has been highlighting that that the other person believes something. He thinks it is right to kill. So then, is it easier to accept? Yeah, that's a different. They are doing right as per their perspective. It it gets slightly easier to accept if you think it like that. I think maybe sometimes when I talk, th- think about acceptance, it is when you're having an argument. There are two ways of ending an argument. Okay, three ways. One is coming to a consensus. The second one is where you say, okay, just to end the argument. Doesn't mean that you've agreed on viewpoints, but it's basically just to say, okay, that's it. Yes. Okay, fine. I agree with you. The third one is saying that. let's agree that we disagree where we've said that you know yes i get your point of view but it's not what i am comfortable with i don't agree with your point of view but we are ending this discussion because i'm not saying i understand it but i respect the fact that you have this differing opinion sometimes for me that is also acceptance to say that i beg you know i agree to disagree is also very difficult <coughs> it is very difficult i agree and i think uh, i agree to agree with you okay so <laughs> so i i think that is that is the point that i try to make you know knowing that the other person is wrong from our perspective or from whichever universal perspective if you are still uh, and we have tried our best to you know figure out if, if we can make sense with that other what the other person is doing if we can change it if it doesn't act, doesn't go, it doesn't go any far i think at that time maybe the wisest thing for us to do is to say okay i tried my best i don't think i can change this guy therefore i'm going to accept him despite the fact that i know that that person is wrong but as alpana said you know it's at, in my point of view it's wrong now i i think this alpana correct me if i'm wrong is this the discussion we had about people serving enlisted in the army and fighting a war and then being tried for it for following orders to do whatever they've done is that 
the point that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically saying, you know, you're like you're like I think Satya's thing is that you know you, what you're doing is okay. How can we accept something that society has said is not the right thing to do? Is that what you mean? No. Yeah, I don't mean that. Was it a question for Satuma? Uh, anyone? Yeah, I mean. For Go ahead, Satuma. Sorry, I didn't. No, 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 no. I was saying that you know, see, like, it's not, it's not something um, you know. I, you know, agree and ignore him or do whatever I want to do with him because he's not going to cause major damage to the society. But it's a, I, I'm talking about you know, there is a limit to what I can accept in somebody's behavior, even if it doesn't go well with my own values. There is a, there is a. I'm saying that there is a threshold, and uh, beyond the threshold, you know, I can't even accept that. Actually, that's the point. I think, Sophia, what you are probably, uh, probably, I'll, I'll try uh, to see if I'm also getting it right. I think, you, let's say, you were talking about a mercenary. The mercenary comes and let's say goes after your kids, as an example. Then your dharma. Not my kid. Anybody is kid. Yeah. I don't even want to make it personal. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to make it personal. I'm saying that he goes after anybody's uh, uh, kids. Yeah. Yeah. So then your dharma. So then your dharma says that you got to stop him. So so your dharma says that if somebody is doing something which is not the cosmic dharma or not the acceptable norms to society, then the society. Has to do whatever it takes to push back on, on that. So, so your dharma also changes, right? It's like, it's like what, uh, let's say, you know, take the World War II example. Hitler was a bad person. So then the whole world came around to understanding that he, what he's doing is wrong. But they also accepted that you know he is what he, he is. But if he's, but then our dharma is also going to change. Our actions are also going to be different. To counter that kind of problem, right? So if if let's say a, a lion attacks you, you're not just going to stand there with you know hands folded. You're going to either run or you're going to ask for help. But you will not just sit there and let him allow him to eat you because that's his dharma. But that doesn't mean that you have not accepted his that dharma even before you met the lion. Let's. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. You know, just a small trivia. It's a distraction. Uh, if you hold lion's tail, lion or even any other lion in the in the herd will not kill you. They think you are part of the lion. I think the point I'm trying to make is, if you go to the other side, it becomes right. It becomes because that person's dharma is. What the person is doing is based and you can extend it, and it's easier to accept. Alta, I hope you haven't tried that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son tried, and he he was roaming around in the middle of 20 lions in Africa, and he was just holding tail of one lion. I mean, only he wow. can do it. I'm sorry, who's this? Ah, uh, Vinod Achi. Some of you might know him from Amsterdam. No, no one from Amsterdam. Okay. Right. So he actually did that, 
and he was roaming around for half an hour among lions just whole tail of one lion we have we have seen all the pictures and the whole family was petrified that's interesting yeah <laughs> but but i think the point i'm trying to make is you become part of the other then you become part of the lion that's why neither that lion nor the other you so if you wear other person's shoes i think that's what my strong belief is if you are in other person's shoes you will be doing exactly what that person is doing because of the condition whatever but the person thinks it's right to do it and hence for whatever reason he could be compelled for some reason it could be that he has a gun on his head that you have to do this strong thing or you know once you start doing it then it becomes okay this is the way for me to earn to save my family we always justify our actions so you know there is something that justifies only then you do an action um and hence it gets easier to accept the way people are but that doesn't mean you do the thing i think that's what what exactly. i'm trying to say yeah. that you don't change your dharma but it becomes easier to accept what others are doing based upon their dharma maybe right maybe wrong but the definition of being right and wrong becomes very very people if you if you start accepting like that yeah you know forget about you know lions and those examples right even in workplace situation see the point is half the time we don't end up accepting people or you know we get that you know terrible feeling when we are in a room where we don't agree to the other person or we we are going to get into a debate with the other person i think those situations can be avoided because you know that yes i know that mr x is wrong or miss y is wrong but i still I go ahead and discuss with that person and accept that person the way it is. So here, yeah, I would like to add that you know, if you know the other person's dharma, then you can be cautious about it and work a way around it as to how to handle that person. You know, that's the I think the learning. Like if you know the lion is ferocious, is going to attack you, so you're going to avoid it, or you know, have certain measures taken. when you confront a lion or in a similar way when you know a person is such a person you meet or go to a meeting you know and you know the person is going to behave in a certain way so you are, and if as long as you know that that's his dharma that's his way of behaving or talking you yourself change your you know your way or be tactful around him or you know you change yourself as to how you handle him Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So that That's is something you have to be aware and cautious about. You know how you go as long as you know and realize the other person's karma. So, so sorry, I'm like I'm struggling with this. I have to confess. You know, I understand the concept of a point of view which is never black and white, right? And therefore, goes to the point about there's nothing which is sort of. you know what is right for me maybe uh, may not be right for somebody else uh, and so we're kind of dealing with a scenario where there is a everyone has their own sort of i mean it's not it's not their nature it's it's their it's their thought process or their circumstances their i mean it, it's it's a, it's a it's a it's it's that sort of ecosystem that kind of playing in their mind right or or whatever they are part of right And, and whatever I may be part of, so on the same on the base basis. But 
you know so points of view and you know black and white and gray and all i understand but dharma i thought was something more tangible if you know what i mean so when i say tangible i mean you know sort of the absolute truth or the right thing to do and i know i'm kind of stepping into this gray because the right thing to do may be different for different people uh but to me at least in my mind and that might be sort of my sort of shortcoming which is that dharma to me was more this is it is more black and white as opposed to real life situations which are never black and white no it it is black and white but what i'm saying is that in the context in the context that you described that think about let me give you give the other example in the context let's say that you have a colleague who is always crazy after getting all the credit for the work what let's say the team is being team is doing which happens all the time and you know if that person is doing consistently if you are in a position to make a change in that person you should do that but let's say that you are a peer to that person right at that time you know you probably don't have the quote unquote the uh, ability or the resources to make the change in the other person but at the same time you know that it is wrong then how would you deal with that situation so uh, let, let me ask another question sorry i'm uh, you know i just need to analyze this a little more more readings perhaps but for example if i to your example rajesh if i if i if i myself have the inclination to take credit for everything right how can it be my dharma it is not then you know that you have to change and if it somebody else has that uh, that inclination to do that then it is his dharma it is Or not his dharma that, it is not his dharma but what i'm saying is is it your responsibility to change that person are you in a position to make that change in that person if so it becomes your dharma if not it doesn't become your dharma. okay then can i ask a question in the same way as what's been discussed now sure and with respect to the children um you know the dharma for you know in the same context with children so you know how when we always children when there is the situation of bullying in schools or among peer group we always generally what we tell children is you must do the thing that is right now when there is bullying happening if yes you one at one way you say you do what is right as in go and support maybe the victim the other thing could be to also how do you justify the bully could say there's nothing wrong with what i'm doing but we have perceived it to be bullying or is it how, how do you deal with that situation how what are you going to say you sometimes we say oh just walk away from the situation do we always say treat you know take the bull by its horns so what should we be doing at that time what should the child be doing or the youngster or whoever it is that we're talking mm. about I, I think I'll go back to what Sonali was saying, right? If if that if if uh, you know if if there is another way of handling the situation, let's say going and talking to somebody else of authority who can make the change that person by not to not bully, maybe that's the path that kid should take. But the kid should not walk away from the situation at that point of time because it because the kid knows that's a wrong thing to do. Walking away is the wrong thing to do. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. Oh. So, uh, 
Rajesh, in this, what would be a general framework, right, in this case, right? It would be consider anything that's not done in, like, for instance, if it violates, um, like, Ahimsa or some of those principles, then we say it, it's not morality. It's not um, because that might be dependent on different people. But at the at the core, there must be some things like Ahimsa, for instance, which are um, a lot more core principles, if you will. Right. So if it violates that, then it's uh, you know, yeah. Well, what well, is that a general framework with something like? No, I think, I think Kishore, I think the way that I understood this is like, you know, there are two aspects. Right? We are talking two things. One is making the change within us if it is not quote-unquote dharmic. Okay, that is very clear to us, hopefully. Okay, because if, oh. if you, let's say that if yeah. I'm, I'm a violent person, but if, you know, non-violence is expected of me as a spiritual uh, power seeker, I have to make that change, period. No doubt about it. But if if I have to, if I have to make the change in somebody else over whom I don't have the responsibility, yeah, sir, I have a, I have a question, right? Like you know, ch- right. children, I have that responsibility. I have to coach them, but still, if it doesn't happen in the time period that we want them to happen, I have to accept it. But mm-hmm. if it is not within my span of control, and if I know somebody is doing something wrong, my question yeah. is. Okay, what is my attitude at that point of time? Do I have to keep creeping saying that that person is oh, is yes. power hungry, that person is always greedy, and keep right. having that argument, so, anxiety yeah. with every time I meet that person, or yeah. say, oh, I think this person is this way. Okay, if I can deal with this person, accept this person that this person is going to be power hungry, but I still right. need to deal with him, then I think yeah. my my anxiety goes down. Correct. No, that I agree. So Rajesh, uh, this reminds me that is there's actually a, a passage in the Yoga Sutras which actually deals with exactly the question you're posing, right? Which is, how do you deal with um, with people who, in according to you, are, are not that let's let's put it that way, not doing things according to your principles? The answer is indifference, right? So indifference yeah. it, 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 this comes into that pratipaksha governing thing right so here in this particular thing it says it's indifference it's not your duty I, I, I agree with you it's not your duty to go and change each person like that that's it's not going to be possible and and i'll tell you this is where i think we struggle at least i struggle because i feel that you know the quote unquote whatever you know why is the person doing that way you know and if i were him i will not do it but you know maybe it's not my place yeah, we should avoid oh. building anxieties within ourselves. We should just accept the other person as they are and work around to find a solution how to, you know, manage the attraction or how to deal with them. Yeah. And actually, you know, when it hit me, when when did this this concept hit me? See, uh, sometimes it's some of these examples may seem very trivial, right? Uh, you know, I uh, I was. Uh, I was kind of in. The, I saw somebody at at some time, okay, who had a who had a physical handicap, okay. I don't remember what handicap and or, or not, but here is what thing. Right? See, I was able to accept that person with a physical handicap, whatever the person had. Then it it struck me. I said, oh, that is a physical handicap, and I'm able to accept it. What if there was a mental handicap in that person? Why am I not able to accept it? That was the problem that I was facing. And that was a liberating moment for me. I said, oh, no, if it is a mental handicap, I should just say, 
looks like he's also on the same path as what I am in. Maybe, you know, I don't know where he is in the in the whole circle, right? So I might as well accept it. And yeah. still deal with yeah. that person. So yeah. it's a little bit like I'm, I'm trying to kind of again relate it with some examples. So <clears throat> like we say that if somebody is getting harassed, a child, a man or a woman, right? It is our dharma to protect them. So if somebody is being harassed on the street, we would say it's our dharma to protect them or to take action accordingly, right? Similarly, I'm thinking the way you're describing it, Rajesh, is that even for small trivial matters where one option is to walk away, right? Or, or ignore, uh, the other is to accept and help change what you believe is not right. So in a way, sort of you're scaling down sort of what is an obvious kind of thing to do to something that you do in in in, in things which are not sort of vague or with something which are trivial or which appear trivial. I don't think I understood you very well still. Sorry. Uh, so so let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say it again. So I said, I was saying that if, if somebody is kind of getting harassed on the street, right? It's the wrong thing to do, right? You know it. I don't know whether you accept it or, it or not, but you would go to the defense of the victim, right? Immediately, because that is your yes. dharma. Right? Yes. So that's kind of an obvious one, obvious thing to do, right? What I'm hearing sort of from this conversation is that even in matters where, which appear trivial, right, which are on, on a day-to-day -day basis, right, if somebody is not acting the way you think is right, one option is to walk away, but the, uh, the, the, the more prudent approach is to A, accept it, and B, uh, do what you can to help change that behavior which may not affect me directly or which may not be gross, but yet your, your dharma is to accept and to help make that change. Uh, actually, only if, only, only, only if I'm capable, if I'm in the capable and if I'm in the position to make that change. Otherwise, I, of course, of indifference course. is my attitude. Yeah, we, we can do what we can, but otherwise, and, but the general thing would be indifference. It's not... Okay. Yeah. We two examples you took. In the first one, you said you save the victim, you not change the person, right? Oh, actually, right. I mean, you would kind of, you would, you would, you would, you would kind of come to the defense of the victim. Right. Uh, and uh, so that's more and important. That, even in and, the and in, that, and in that process, you will you will also want to tell the the person who's kind of doing the wrong thing to say this is not right or you know what if that happened with something no, new or whatever right whether they would change or not you are giving your point of view that's fine right but without yes. sort of so, so similarly even in those trivial ones i think if there is an action which you are seeing is impacting somebody maybe you, if you feel it's your dharma to safeguard them i think what the point i'm trying to make is if you get into this thing of trying to change everybody it's uh, Endless game. You wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Only way, only way you can make a change, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And giving it to me indefinitely. Otherwise, you know, knowing it is knowing it is wrong, you still accept the other person. Ah, 
that person is like that i know that is a thing but yes we had to work with it understood and that's helpful thank you that was very liberating for me you know when i kind of you know when that thing clicked in my mind mm-hmm. actually what helps me is uh, how many times has we been told by our parents don't do this that and how we've been able to change ourselves i always think about that if, we, if, we can't, if i can't change myself how will i change anybody else yeah yeah indeed yeah then it gets less stressful still we can't yeah it gets less stressful that you know how many times you know i uh, i thought of getting up at 5 am in the morning or 4 am for so many years and only then now i've tried i've been able to do it it's like that attitudes are so difficult to change something yeah, yeah. you know waking up and eating and all is simple but attitudes are so difficult yeah the same example yeah. i want to get up but and i know it's the right thing to do but having this <laughs> Yeah yeah and you know it's, it's a little bit it's all yeah it's also a little bit to do with the fact that you know the you know it's dharma is like dharma as we have understood it all our life uh, as yeah. kind of being some sort of core principles uh, but i think relating it to dharma in the way you you just described it is, is quite 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 interesting yeah that that is why i wanted to bring that because your your what you posted triggered that discussion in in my mind right as it okay and I, i need to discuss this because you know this understanding what i had i want to share with you guys whether it is the right thing or not you know we need to we'll discuss that and then resolve it right that's why i want to share that here okay i think Thank way you. over our time today i hope it was worthwhile the time what we spent very much sir okay maybe like what you rightly suggested despite 50% going over we still have not been able to do topic 3 but i think in some sense we covered topic 3 yeah yeah that's right okay. okay so so before we wind up uh, just a quick question so what do we do for uh, what do we do for next uh, uh, next week next week should we revise this thing because i feel that uh, we haven't uh, uh, gone yeah. through this thing so we probably will complete the chapter we'll not go to the chapter 8 we'll not go to the chapter 8 okay thank you we are on chapter 7 right Yeah, last few pages, fifty-two to fifty-seven is what we are in. We'll finish that and we'll go through the discussion and maybe we'll focus only on the topic rather than going going away. Conclude karma yoga. Okay, I Thank think it's very important. I think I think we are we we kind of you know get a good sense now as to what karma yoga is. At least these discussions are very helpful for me to clarify some of my concepts itself. And uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, helpful once we conclude it. Okay, but I encourage you guys to look at. you know writing up some insights and sharing with all of us because it will be very very helpful how you apply this concept in your take a situation you don't have to get personal with anybody you don't have to tell the names of all those things nobody wants it but tell how you dealt with that situation and how you're going to be in terms of karma yoga all right okay okay let's do the prayer and let's close it ओ
Have a blessed Sunday, all of you. Have a blessed weekend. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.